I'm Brett McGarry. This week on the Couch Potatoes, I've got my hands full with a dilemma. With not one, but two big shows starting this weekend. Jack Ryan, season two of Ozark. Plus... I'm Jeff Braun. I saw the movie sensation that's sweeping the nation. I'll tell you whether Crazy Rich Asians lives up to the hype. Plus... A big, big movie comes home this week. First, it's the news. From the couch. I have something I want to tell you. Yes, Michael? I'm not like other guys. Of course not. That's why I love you. No, I mean I'm different. What are you talking about? Michael Jackson's Thriller will soon be released in IMAX 3D. As much as I hate to acknowledge the impending demise of summer, with that comes Halloween, which is super fun. And with Halloween not far off, what better way to kick off the season than watching Jackson's iconic spooky music video on the big screen? Sidebar, that line, see you next Wednesday, is a recurring gag that finds its way into most of director John Landis's movies. He directed the 1983 music video, which runs 14 minutes and is the only music video to be inducted into the National Film Registry by the Library of Congress. Back to thriller IMAX 3D, the estate of Michael Jackson and IMAX announced this week they are partnering to release a digitally remastered 3D version of the video, and it makes its debut on September 21st. It's only a movie. It's not funny. You were scared, weren't you? I wasn't that scared. Yeah, you were scared. I was scared when I first saw this video. I think I was like six years old, and it gave me nightmares. So I'm curious about how they've decided to release this, because Thriller is going to run ahead of showings of Amblin's The House with a Clock in Its Walls, which is based on a book for kids. The house is a very old place. There's a clock in the walls. We don't know what it does, except something horrible. So, you've told Lewis everything? Well, not everything. To be fair, the 1973 book is apparently appropriate for kids eight and up. By the time I was eight, I was good to go with Thriller. And I'll be good to go come September 21st when for one week only, 
you'll be able to see Michael Jackson's Thriller on IMAX 3D. And though you fight to stay alive, your body starts to shiver, for no mortal can resist the evil of the Thriller. <laughs> I saw it when I was eight and had nightmares for three weeks. So oh. That's yeah. If you were to watch it right now, you'd probably have nightmares. Yeah, for three you're probably weeks. right. <laughs> the first teaser is out for the third season of HBO's True Detective. Before you ever knew me, I wasn't scared much. I wasn't a fear for man. Things I've seen, things I know, wouldn't do anything but cause harm. My whole brain's a bunch of missing pieces. Did you think you could just go on and never once have to look back? Season one of the Deep and Dark Cop Show was a surprise monster hit in early 2014, re-sparking Matthew McConaughey's career along with Dallas Buyers Club, which came out around the same time. Season two followed in the summer of 2015 to much less acclaim. I guess I'll still have to watch it though, because season three is coming this winter. They probably are not connected. Each season of the anthology series is its own thing, but a good couch potato would never watch season three of anything without watching season two first, right? Skip it anyway. Really? Yeah. All right. It's bad. The new season stars Mahershala Ali, who won the Best Supporting Actor Oscar for Moonlight a couple years back. He plays an Arkansas cop, and the season will be set across three different periods of his life, probably interwoven throughout. If the teaser's any indication, it looks like it has to do with a kidnapping. We'll find out when True Detective Season 3 comes to HBO in January. There's no certainty. top secret a conspiracy bigger than all of us there's a powerful group of people out there that are secretly running the world i'm talking about the guys no one knows about the guys that are invisible the top one percent of the top one percent the guys that play god without permission and now i think they're following me the hacktivist TV thriller Mr. Robot is coming to an end. USA Network says the drama will air its fourth and final season in 2019. The critically acclaimed series has picked up a few awards along the way, including Best Actor at the Emmys in 2016 for star Rami Malek. Employee number ER2806529. Just a regular cybersecurity engineer, but I'm a vigilante hacker by night. Mr. Robot creator Sam Esmail says he decided it was time to bring the story to a close and adds it will conclude the way he'd envisioned it since it began. Evil Corp, the largest conglomerate in the world, a monster of modern society. I think you secretly hate it here. No, I love it here. (laughs) Exciting time in the world right now. Exciting time. You heard earlier, Malik's character Elliot is a vigilante hacker, but he's not just a vigilante hacker. Thanks to Christian Slater, he gets drawn into something much bigger. 
What do you want from me? You sense something wrong with the world. You know it controls you and everyone you care about. You said there was a project. What's the project? What if you could set in motion the largest revolution the world will ever see? What are you talking about? The single biggest incident of wealth redistribution in history. This is it. Time to shut them down. Season one is among the best seasons of television I've ever watched. It was artistic, cinematic, and as creative as anything you'll ever see on TV. Season two was still good, but it was a little too full of itself. Season three seemed to course correct, although I confess I still have six episodes sitting on my bursting PVR. No debut date for season four, except to say sometime in 2019. Their networks are getting attacked. $13 billion, that's exactly how much they've lost. Who did this? Every record gone. One guy, the whole thing comes down. Oh, hi. Elliot, just a tad. A new trailer came out this week for a movie I'm very excited about. It's called First Man. I see the moon. The moon sees me. The vehicle's not safe. We need to fail. We need to fail down here so we don't fail up there. Ryan Gosling plays Neil Armstrong in the story of, well, one of the most famous events in the history of mankind, the first landing on the moon. Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin. We have a goal for main engine start. Minus 10. The entire world's watching. Nine. Do you question whether the program's worth the cost? Seven. In money and in lives? First Man is directed by Damien Chazelle, who won an Oscar directing Gosling in La La Land and also directed the movie Whiplash. Claire Foy stars as Armstrong's wife, Corey Stahl, plays Buzz Aldrin, the second man on the moon, while other actors play characters we've actually seen before in Apollo 13. Porn stash from Orange is the New Black is Tom Hanks, and Karen Hines from The Terror is Ed Harris. Kyle Chandler from Friday Night Lights is there, too, in Mission Control. Five. What are the chances you're not coming back? Four. Those kids, they don't have a father anymore. Three. So you're going to sit the boys down? Two. And you're going to prepare them for the fact you might not ever come home. One. Do you think you're coming back? It looks pretty intense and very dramatic. We take it for granted now, of course, but it would have been more than a little scary to fly to the moon when it had never been done before. First Man opens October 12th. We've got this under control. You're a bunch of boys. You don't have anything under control. When you hear the name Steven Spielberg, you probably think sharks, dinosaurs, or aliens, but of course, one of his greatest films was 1993's Schindler's List. It says whoever saves one life saves the world entire. Based on the true story of German industrialist Oscar Schindler, who saved 1,100 Jews from the Nazis in World War II, Schindler's List won seven Oscars, including Best Picture and Spielberg's Best Director statue for the first time. This year is the film's 25th anniversary, and Universal will re-release it in theaters this December, Spielberg will oversee the restoration and remastering of the film. You have no idea 
if I just... There will be generations because of what you did. I didn't do enough. You did so much. And a teaser came out this week for one of my favorite Netflix shows, the animated comedy about kids, that's only for adults, called Big Mouth. Do you remember oh. that girl from camp that I told you about, Roland? Oh yeah, Roland. I was picturing an older man named Roland. Right. No, I didn't kiss an older man at camp. The heart wants what it wants. Anyway, she texted me last night, quote, Come into the city tomorrow, we should hang out, and whatevs. Ooh. Do you know what whatevs means, Andrew? Short for whatever. No, I think whatevs implies that she wants to make out. Making out with a city girl, wow. Andrew, we are going to New York. Me? Or I'm sorry, is there a, a fun person behind me? That's just a clip from the first season because we can't air most of what's in the new teaser. The show stars Nick Kroll and John Mulaney as two 13-year-old boys trying to figure out their new changing lives and their new changing bodies. They, along with all the other boys and girls in their school, are visited frequently by the hormone monsters that make them behave in crazy ways. It's very funny, poignant, and obscenely foul-mouthed. And it's back on Netflix October 5th. Reckoning, Missy. They've come for That is the news from the couch. And up next, Chris Pratt takes on some rather large beasts on home video. You're listening to the Couch Potatoes. I have to see this. Holy! This is gonna be awesome. I'm Brad, he's Jeff, we are the Couch Potatoes. Time to look at what's coming to home video, Jeff Braun. Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, otherwise known as uh, just Jurassic Park 5. <laughs> Came sure. out this summer. Yeah, they're, they're, they're all starting to kind of they're become all, the same movie. Yeah, they always sort of were. I guess all five of them have, you know, a lot of elements that are the same. This one sort of freshened things up, takes them off the island for a lot of it, and so there's that. Yeah, and it was kind of, it almost had, uh, it was scarier. Yeah, it had horror movie elements, eh? Yeah, it had a lot of suspense and some real genuine kind of, as you pointed out, horror kind of scenes. So I I admired the creativity, and I remember when we did our co-review on this, I had gone in thinking it was sort of meh. And then after talking it out, I realized, you know what? I think I actually respect this movie and admire it more than my initial thought. And it'll be a fun thing to, you know, sort of catch when it's on cable, you know, for the next 20 years every time it's on. I'm pretty sure I won't be able to turn away from it. Uh, the only real gripe was that they botched the Goldblum of it all. Who puts Jeff Goldblum in a movie and doesn't let him say anything funny? I know. He was, was in it for like, what, a total of 30 seconds? Yeah, that was dumb, dumb, that was dumb, dumb, dumb. Uh, we mentioned Schindler's List in the last segment, Spielberg movie, of course, and of course Spielberg made Jurassic Park 1, and that was the same year as Schindler's List, 1993. Now, is that not the single best year for a filmmaker in the history of movies? It's, it's got to be. Wins, wins the Oscars and had by far the biggest movie of the year. Wow. Yeah. It's nuts. It's just something I always find interesting. Yeah. Hey, thanks for pointing that out. I never actually put that puzzle <laughs> together. All, so that's out on digital HD. Yeah. So it'll be out on uh, Blu-ray, DVD, and on demand. Yeah, yeah a couple, couple weeks. weeks. Uh, also in digital HD is, I think it was overhyped. It's a scary movie called Hereditary. And this is a movie that had so much critical acclaim going in. And yeah. people were just really excited about it. I was among those excited because... Horror movies, more often than not, are bad. Right. So when one comes out and people are loving it, then I got excited. I will say it, it was genuinely creepy in spots, and quite frankly, 
shocking in spots in a good way okay. but uh, i found the i found it confusing at the end and it took too long to get scary when it did get scary it actually was scary but oh. it was just overhyped do you think the overhype uh, was a product of a quiet place coming out a couple months before that and people were just ravenous for like a really good horror movie so they thought oh, maybe this will be it could be yeah. i'm not entirely sure i think it was it was certainly different i yeah. will give it that and there maybe i need to watch it again but i just i'm not i don't feel the need to see it again and i will never see it because uh, there's a little kid in the commercial that just freaks me out yeah well when you see uh, what she does uh, in the movie oh, yeah. uh, also for if you're afraid of water you might not want to watch Adrift that's uh, the Lost at Sea movie starring Shailene Woodley that comes out on Blu-ray and DVD and Won't You Be My Neighbor that's a Mr. Rogers documentary you may have heard about the last couple of yes. months yes everyone's raving about that I'd love to see it that comes out on Blu-ray and DVD next Tuesday and as well hopefully it'll be on demand as well and you can just order yeah. it on your PVR uh, because I remember we did uh, talked about its trailer a few months back. I yeah. really want to check that out. Same so, here. up next on the Couch Potatoes, not one but two shows debuting on streaming this weekend, and I can't decide which one I'm going to watch first. You're listening to the Couch Potatoes, Brett McGarry, Jeff Braun. We are the Couch Potatoes, and Jeff, I've got some decisions to make this weekend. Uh oh on what to watch. Uh-oh. Because as usual, my PVR is roughly at like 98% capacity. <laughs> yep. I, I will tell you that I have been slowly chipping away at it. Really? I've, I've only got one and a half episodes left of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Noise. I say one and a or half. He would say noise. Noise. Toit. Toit. I have one and a half because I... Uh, I think I paused one to check my phone or something, and then I fell asleep. Yeah. And then I had to leave. So I still have half an episode left, and then the season finale. I have, I think, seven episodes left of New Girl, which I've been slowly chipping away at, and I'm all caught up on Better Call Saul. Nice. uh, Four episodes for this season, so that's been outstanding. Yeah, it has been a really good year. But still, 98%. I've got like 14 episodes of Elementary, for example. Oh, it's good this season. Yeah. It's weirdly, I, I just, I'm all caught up on it. I recently did a little, like a six episode binge and I just loved it. Really? Yeah. It's, they've, they're gone like a step up this year, just making it more entertaining. Better mysteries, different mysteries, not just there's a body who killed them. Good. Well, I like the sound of that. So I, I have my home, I have lots of homework to do as far as my PVR is concerned, but I think I'm going to have to ignore it for a little while because... I need to turn my attention to streaming because two shows I'm excited about are debuting and returning. First, Jim from The Office stars in Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan. You do this often? Kidnapping people off the street and interrogate them. You're my first one, actually. How am I doing? Shoot me. I dropped this and we all die. Jack Ryan is on Amazon and the titular character is being played by John Krasinski. What exactly does a State Department supply chain logistician do? They work behind the desk. They write reports. That sounds... Why? Dr. Ryan! I need you to come with me. What? We have to go. The series is described as a reinvention with a modern sensibility of the famous Tom Clancy hero who has been portrayed in five movies, The Hunt for Red October, Patriot Games, Clear and Present Danger, Some of All Fears, and Jack Ryan's Shadow Recruit, played respectively by Alec Baldwin, Harrison Ford twice, Ben Affleck, and Chris Pine. Now it's Jim from The Office and 
The Quiet Dad from A Quiet Place. Maybe I'm foolish, maybe I'm blind. What have you got? The individual behind these transactions could be a high-level target. His name is Suleiman. How come you're the only one that knows about this mystery man? I was just following the money, sir. They have cells in France, Yemen, Syria, and those are just the ones we know about. There's something different about his agenda. I'd like to set up a task force. Whatever he's planning, he's ready now. I can't go to Yemen. I'm an analyst. I don't interrogate people. I write reports. Get on the plane. Krasinski's Ryan is an up-and-coming CIA analyst thrust into the field for the first time as he discovers a pattern in terrorist communications, a new breed of terrorism that threatens destruction on a global scale. It's an eight-episode season, co-starring Wendell Pierce from The Wire. We gotta figure out a way to get inside his head. Musa bin Suleiman is my husband. He don't know where I am. My son is with him. Is he planning something here? The show has already been greenlit for a second season, which will see Jack Ryan take on the declining democracy problems in South America. Season one of Jack Ryan is out this weekend on Amazon Prime Video. Just follow along, watch and learn. We have to chase this down. My son, get him back. Promise me. I promise you, I'm the best chance you have. I'm just a man. I do what I can. Don't put the blame on me. What do you think of this, Jack Ryan? Uh, you know what? I was as you're reading off the list here, I realized that of all those Jack Ryan movies, I have only seen half of some of all fears. Really? That's it. I don't. I haven't seen any of those other movies. I've only seen The Hunt for Red October. Really? Yeah. How? Why were we sleeping on these Harrison Ford movies? They, they're probably really good. I don't know. And the funny thing is, I've seen The Hunt for Red October like fifteen times. <laughs> it's one. It's <laughs> one of those. One of the few movies where if if it comes on television and I happen upon it, yep. I'm, I'm that's it. I'm I'm locked in. I'm like that with a different Harrison Ford movie, The Fugitive. Every time. Oh yeah, The yeah. Fugitive. That's right. But uh, yeah. So no. This. So yeah. So we don't have any real baggage for this character character probably I would I would actually like to watch it I think I'm more excited about season two because I'm I like stuff that's set in South America oh really yeah. probably because of the fast and the furious that helps too but it's more <laughs> yeah it's like tropical right like this other thing sounds like the desert so it's yeah. less interesting and uh, I'm, I'm one I'm excited for John Krasinski because yeah. there was an indication or a hint that maybe he, his career was gonna blow up a little bit because he was he co-starred alongside George Clooney and what was that football movie? Leatherheads. Well, that was, what, five, six, seven years ago now At already? least think tanked. Yeah. Yeah. It did yeah. And nine seasons on a sitcom for any actor is, can be tough to shake career-wise. Yeah. But then he was in that, um, oh, it was that 13, uh, 13, the, ben- the Benghazi movie. What was that called? 13 Hours? Something uh, like 13 that? 13 Hours, Ben... Yeah, 13 Hours, The Secret Soldiers of Benghazi. And I think that performance surprised some people. And then this year he starred in and directed, directed A Quiet Place, yeah. which was a smashing success. And now he's in Jack Ryan. So I think his this is clearly his time. Yeah, he's doing all right. Very excited about it. The only thing that I'm not excited about is I already tried the Amazon Prime video last year. I subscribed to it. I tried it out for a month so I could watch American Gods. 
but it's not compatible with Google Chromecast, at least not directly. Like it doesn't have some a function within the app where you can cast, like Netflix. If you're yeah. watching something on Netflix on your phone, you can cast it to your television. But with Chrome, uh, with Amazon, that doesn't work. But the Chromecast app itself will still allow you to cast whatever is on your phone screen to your TV. Right. So that that's a workaround. The only the only problem is the quality isn't as good. What about your computer monitor? I don't actually have a functioning computer. No. I, I have a computer a at problem, home, right? but it's been broken for three years, there and I go. keep meaning to get it fixed. But, but whatever. Clearly, you don't need it. No. No. I do most of my stuff on my phone, anyway. Now, yeah. so that's out. Oh, and by the way. Funny or Die got their hands on the Jack Ryan trailer, Hello? and they threw in someone you might know. The individual behind these transactions could be a high-level target. I am not a security threat. <laughs> no, you are. Nothing to be alarmed about. It's just a man pointing a bull tranquilizer at a coworker. <laughs> Dwight Schrute. The, from The Office. That's, That's really right. good. They, they spliced in some footage from The Office. They could have probably done a, like a 15-minute version of that. There's a lot of crazy Dwight stuff that would work in there. Yeah, for sure. Also starting this weekend over on Netflix, season two of its acclaimed drama, Ozark. Mr. Bird? Hello. Trevor Evans, FBI. FBI? What's yeah. going on? We believe your husband's partner was murdered. What? Let's all stop playing this game, shall we? Lying, the running. Aren't you both tired? We made a choice to move our family to a more peaceful place. So that's from season one of the show, which stars Jason Bateman and Laura Linney. Bateman plays Marty Bird, a financial manager in Chicago who has a bit more going on in his life. He launders money for a Mexican cartel, and it gets him in trouble. So he moves his family to the Lake of the Ozarks in Missouri to launder even more money for the Mexican cartel, and that gets him into more trouble. I really enjoyed the first season. It wasn't perfect, but Bateman's performance in particular, he was sensational in a dramatic role. As for season two... We've done a lot of things. Things that we said we would never do. People make choices, Wendy. Choices have consequences. What is the end game? We knew this was gonna happen. Let's just say things are not going to get any easier for Marty Bird and his family. So again, Ozark Season 2 is out now. So that's it? We go back in that house, we go to bed, we wake up in the morning, we kiss the kids? That's exactly what we do. So Season 1 came out last year, I think in July, maybe it was August as well. Did you watch Season 1? I did not, but I was speaking with one of our colleagues about it earlier this week and he was anticipating Ozark season two. And I was like, I was thought, you know, even for the last couple of weeks, like, I should really get in this. I was listening to an interview with Jason Bateman or whatever. And I thought, why am I not watching his show? Yeah. I, I love Jason Bateman. Yeah. And it's funny because his, he's almost always the same guy, right? Like yeah. he, he doesn't stray a lot in his performances. He's the straight man, very dry. And so if you were to put this performance up against any of his comedic performances, they're almost the same, yeah. but they somehow work so well in both comedy and drama. There's just no joke attached to anything here. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. It's and it's and 
And uh, the first episode in particular, just watch one episode and see what you think. There's yeah, some pretty I'll, cool stuff that happens. Maybe in I'll it. do that. I'm, I do need to, I, I sort of would like to get a new show to get into. Can't and it's only 10 episodes as opposed to yeah. the usual Netflix model of 13 episodes. And season two is also 10 episodes. So out of those two, as much as I've been excited about Ozark, I think I'm more excited about Jack Ryan. Really? So well, I think I'm going to sign back up for Amazon and give that a shot. Watch. Why don't you like alternate like one one of each, one of each? I probably should do that. I don't know. Whenever I do streaming, I have this. It's almost like this need to finish it. I, I don't know. Like I, it's a challenge accepted. Yeah, not so much about like I must binge this all in a row, but right. I just I feel it feels incomplete. Like it it's does. a task yeah. that needs to be completed. I have many neurotic uh, issues, and there that's one of them. probably shrinks making millions of dollars this year based on that phenomenon alone. <laughs> hey, up next, speaking of millions and millions of oh. dollars, Jeff's going to tell you about the little movie that could. The movie makers are getting crazy rich. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Welcome back to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff, he's Brett, and I went to the theater this week to see the movie that everyone's seeing. I know you're not what Nick needs. You're not our own kind. Because I'm not rich. No, I'm back. Like I, I don't want to cause any drama. I feel like I should just sit it out. You're just scared. I fell in love and I want to marry her. It's not that simple. You're Nicholas Young. He's just different than anybody I've ever met. It's like the Asian bachelor. Every day for her is going to be a struggle. Are you sure she's ready for that? I'm all in. Crazy Rich Asians. Only in cinemas. Directed by John Chu, who also directed movies like Now You See Me 2, Gem and the Holograms, G.I. Joe Retaliation, a couple of step-up sequels, and more than one Justin Bieber documentaries. So it's this is by far, by far his best movie. It stars Constant Wu, Michelle Yeoh, and a leading man who's never acted before. You may know Wu as the mom on the ABC family sitcom Fresh Off the Boat. She is terrific in that, very funny. And Michelle Yeoh, of course, has been in a ton of movies, maybe most notably Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, or the James Bond movie Tomorrow Never Dies. And the guy who never acted before, Henry Golding, is lucky he was surrounded by talent like Wu and Yeoh. He's not terrible, but... But he ain't great either. There are more than a couple of bad performances in this movie, actually. I was very nervous at the beginning that it was going to be terrible because a lot of those bad performances show up right away. But it ironed itself out after a while, and by the end, the movie had won me over. Crazy Rich Asians is a huge hit that no one saw coming. By the time this weekend is over, it'll have crossed the $100 million mark worldwide. Not bad for a $30 million budget. It's killing it at the box office, so it's also received good reviews and even better word of mouth. It's based on a book that had two sequels, so they're set for a couple more movies. It's one of a very small list of English language movies starring a cast of Asian people, so it's also a good news story on the representation front. Constance Wu plays a Chinese-American Rachel, a New Yorker, who's in love with her boyfriend Nick. Nick is from Singapore, but moved to New York a few years earlier. They've been dating for about a year. Rachel, though, has not yet met his family. And they're off to Singapore for a wedding. Nick will be the best man for his friend. While Nick has told Rachel some of the basics about his family whom she's about to meet, something he has neglected to tell her is that he comes from the wealthiest family in Singapore, like obscenely wealthy or crazy rich. Now, if you want to enjoy the movie, there's a couple things you have to ignore, Brett. Number one, it is beyond weird that he never tells her his family is rich. I get that he wants to be his own man, but he would have had to have lied several times over the year they've been dating to keep that a secret. It would have somehow come up naturally, probably a few times. She finds out when they're seated in first class on the flight to Singapore. 
Like, hey, how come we're on the rich part of the plane? Oh, by the way, my family's the richest in all of Singapore. Yeah, why yeah. would you hide I that? I don't know. Uh, it's bizarre. I guess he wants to make sure that she falls <laughs> for him and, and not, not his money. money. And number two, if she had simply Googled his name, it would have come up. And who in this day and age goes on a date with anyone without first Googling them? If they don't let those things bother you, you're in store for a pretty good time. The rest of the story involves Rachel trying to win over Nick's mom, and Nick's sister has love trouble of her own as well. Both stories follow predictable yet solid beats the way you would expect. But the movie, you know, moves forward at a brisk pace, and we get to spend time with a lot of colorful characters. There's a sassy friend, a smart-alecky gay guy, a mean girl, a gross dude, a dumb guy. They sort of check off every box. And the movie looks great. Being crazy rich means the costumes are spectacular, the scenery is beautiful, the houses are amazing, the cars are super slick. The movie is marred somewhat by, like I said, the shaky acting of a few of the actors, and clearly given his resume, the director Chu is not huge on waiting for Oscar-caliber performances to develop in front of him, but again, a couple of heavyweights like Michelle Yeoh and Consus who do make up for the rest. I was genuinely moved a couple of times as well, although I think the music helped that a lot. There's a beautiful scene scored with a cover of Elvis Presley's Can't Help Falling in Love, which is one of my three favorite songs of all times. There's also a Chinese version of Coldplay's Yellows. There's some good stuff on the soundtrack. Um, I don't think a lot of people will say this is the best romantic comedy ever, but it's not bad, and they don't really make a lot of romantic comedies anymore, which I think is why people have been flocking to this. Hollywood may not want to believe it, but, you know, there's an audience for stuff beyond superhero movies. I will give Crazy Rich Asians three couch cushions out of five. We only have about a minute left here, but... Can't Help Falling in Love by Elvis Presley oh. is one of your top three songs. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That, I'm you, not. You I, don't I, like that song? No, I just, I, I, how did, I'm, I'm genuinely surprised. <laughs> there's a, there's a soft side to Jeff Braun oh, that yes. I didn't know about after all these years. There you go. What are your other two favorite songs? Uh, you know, right off the top of my head, I'm going to go with Stand By Me and Bridge Over Troubled Water. Holy crap! All three of those songs are like... <laughs> I should have been born in the 50s. <laughs> wow! But they're all such thoughtful, moving songs. Look they're at beautiful, you. timeless songs, yeah. Wow. I am oh, genuinely shocked. I would have thought Springsteen would be in there. Yeah, and Raining Blood by Slayer. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> September movie preview next weekend. I'm actually excited about what's coming out next week in the theaters. Oh. Jennifer Garner and Peppermint, and then yeah. the, the scary nun in The Nun. No. That's all the time we have. I'm Brad. He's Jeff. We are the Couch Potatoes. Get the podcast on Google Play or iTunes. And remember, if it requires getting up off the couch, don't bother. Don't bother.